Welcome to this episode of the Ask Us Anything podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this podcast. And today Alex writes in and he wants to know, Dave, I have a friend who is really struggling with depression and discouragement. Could you please help me to encourage him and even myself when I get discouraged and depressed? Well, Alex, um, I appreciate your question and I love how you said, can you please help me? Uh, That is so critical as we begin to talk about this subject because you just acknowledge you can't do this on your own you need help you need encouragement you need other people the bible has much to say about this topic um i think of psalm 42 and throughout the psalms as a as a psalmist cries out honestly really authentically to the lord and uh, i'm just reminded of that that is such an encouragement. We have a God who who hears our cries, who knows our pleas, who who He desires. I mean, to to hear from us. And and even what's even more amazing is is now through Christ, He He invites us, He summons us. Hebrews four sixteen before the throne of grace, where He intercedes for us, where He is our advocate. Or he is the mediator of the new covenant. Oh man, that's that's just amazing to me. I, I I can't get over that. And we so we begin with what the Bible says. But let me also tell you something. I am not a casual observer to discouragement and depression. These these issues have been in my life, I've been nipping at my heels since I was um, in high school. And at times, to be honest with you, Alex, they rear their ugly head. In in recent days, in the last year, I have not struggled with discouragement and depression. But that does not make me unsympathetic to uh, your plight, to what's going on with your friend and even with yourself. Um, so what I'm about to say is meant to encourage you. It comes from somebody who has walked in your shoes, who knows um, what's what it's like to be depressed and discouraged. So the first thing I want to say to you today is to fight depression and discouragement with the gospel. You see, it's the gospel is not just the power of God. It's the very fuel by which we as Christians face reality. You know, oftentimes what we need in the face of discouragement and depression, we need a reality check. We need to remember that that we do not hold the world together we are held in the palm of a sovereign God who every moment of every day, he is working on our behalf behind the scenes uh, to orchestrate all of the world that he orders in um, according to his purpose and plan. And that is incredibly comforting. That means that I don't have to control my life. I am not in control of my life. My, the purposes and plans that are and the circumstances of my life are fully known by God. Um, he knows what is going to happen from the beginning to the end. And he is not surprised by them. And so that is that is incredibly encouraging. Especially when I've fought depression. Because remembering, I'm not in control here. You see, this goes back to the big thing that I want to talk to you about today. We, you are preaching a message to yourself. Every, all of us are. Every day. But what is the heart of that message? Is that message uh, to to improve, to to think better, to feel more, or is it to believe and to trust and to treasure Christ alone? You notice the difference? One is self-help based. One is based on 
this is what I can do. And the other is from my identity in Christ alone. For in Christ alone. That's, that's where our hope is. That's where our confidence is. And so the more that we preach our identity in Christ to ourselves, the more we will be able to fight against depression. Now that is not to say there are those who listen, are listening into our conversation today, Alex, and they struggle. Your friends, they struggle with depression. You know, some, some, many people need to be on medication to help them. Um, and that's okay. You know, God in his common grace, he has given us doctors uh, to advise us, to help us, um, so that our bodies can function as uh, they need to, so that we can be productive citizens. Um, and that's good, and that's right. So I don't want to be here heard as saying, or even suggesting that, that medicine is bad. But we need to go back even there to the gospel. Our hope is not in medicine, as good as and as much as it can help us. Our hope is centrally, primarily, in who we are in Christ. He is ours, and we are his. And so we have hope. We do not live without hope. I, you framed your question in such a way, Alex, as uh, you asked for help. And this is so important because... As you already know, as you've already acknowledged, by the way you've asked this question, you're not in this alone. In Proverbs 11.4, it tells us that in the abundance of counselors, there is wisdom. You and I, we can't fake it in the Christian life. That It may work for a season, but it just won't work in the long run. We are not meant to fake it. Uh, we're not meant to go through the motions. And furthermore, when we read in the Old Testament, we can see that God is not pleased with people who fake it. God is not a is not interested in mere rote obedience. God is interested and pleased by um, by our worshipful obedience. By that I mean what he desires is all of us, not part of us, but all of us. And when we're holy and when we're obedient from the heart, that's what pleases God. That's what pleases God. And your question also is an important one because... We are not to live in isolation. We are to live in community with other people. And and part of this is being in a good local church. Having people that you can open up to, whether that's in a small group or you have close friends. You know, I have many uh, friends who I can open up to and share with when I'm depressed and discouraged. And they're such a help. But here's the thing. When you're just depressed and you're discouraged and you're sharing with somebody, after you're done sharing, you need to listen. You need to listen. You need to hear what that other person has to say because they've sat there and listened to you pour out your heart and your and your struggles. And you need to listen to what they have to say to encourage you. And let me just say something. When, when somebody opens up and um, you're on that receiving end and and you're listening. Let me just say a few words about this. Be really slow when you're counseling somebody that is depressed and discouraged. Be really slow to offer advice. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, I don't mean to be discouraging. Don't be discouraging to the person. But I would start by the first words out of your mouth should be, for example, Alex, I heard you say this. Um, Am I am I following? Am I am I getting a sense of of what's going on with you? And 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 ask more questions, you know. Um, ask more questions, especially if you're a friend with somebody and they open up to you. If you're 
Even if you're a biblical counselor, just ask lots of questions in that first session. Don't make any assumptions. Don't rush to, to judgment that you know exactly what is going on. Take your, take your time. Ask lots of questions. That shows that you actually care about the person. You want to understand. And I would just say, hey, I'm asking these questions not to play 20 questions with you, but because I, I, I want to understand more about what's going on here so that I can offer actual help to you. And, and that shows that kind of communication with them shows that you you actually love them and you actually care about them. And they are more likely to come back and to, and to share with you. At least that's what I've I've seen it. And tell them, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this to walk with you through this season. Again, another very practical way to say, hey, I, I care about you. I love you. And then you follow through on that. You follow through on that, you know. Maybe text them and ask, say something like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. I was praying for you today. I just want you to know I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you um, if you need to talk. You know, there, there's a lot that we can say about about this, but the biggest the biggest way, personally, individually, you can deal with depression and discouragement is is a spiritual disciplines. It's a spiritual disciplines. You know, these aren't things to check off your your to do box and say, you know, these are these are all things that I'm doing. You know, prayer and church attendance and all these things. These are these are means of grace that God has given the Christian. Uh, daily Bible reading, prayer, uh, fellowship with God's people in the local church. You know, small groups, sitting under the preached word every week. You know, these these are important things. But also, you know, you know, in the Psalms, we we see David down in the dumps, and then he exults in in the Lord, who is his rock and refuge, in a very present help in time of need. And so reading the Bible can help. For example, uh, we see that with David, Elijah, Jonah, Job, Moses, Jeremiah, um, even Jesus himself. You know, Charles Spurgeon's struggles with depression are well known. He He's considered the prince of preachers, but in addition to his struggle with depression and discouragement, he faced gout, which kept him in bed. You see, depression and gout caused Spurgeon to lay in bed many days. You know, maybe that's where you are today. You're you're laying in bed. You're so depressed and so discouraged. What you need to understand is that Hebrews thirteen five says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, take time to to meditate on the scriptures. One of the most helpful things that that I can do um, every day is just to stare at a at a biblical text and just to say, oh man, you know. This is amazing. And the more I read it, the more I'm encouraged. It doesn't matter the text. It doesn't matter the text. Just take time to, to sit there and, and, to, and to let your mind and your heart uh, be, be shaped and formed by the scriptures. Think about what does this mean? What is, it, what is the author trying to convey? Read the context you know, in, in the book that you're reading, you know, in, the, in the specific context that the biblical writer is writing in, in, in the cultural context, in Get to, get in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. You know, um, we need to we need to be in the Word of God, and we also need to be in the local church. You know, I've already so I've already talked about a little bit about counseling fellow struggles and listening, and and actually hearing what the person is actually you know saying, and and this is this is important. You know, ask questions. 
But then there comes a point where you need to actually say something. You need to actually provide comfort. And I would, again, just say, what I've heard you say throughout your your sharing with me is this. And so I want to say a few practical things to you about um, this particular topic. And I, and I always want to go back to the scriptures. You know, scripture says this and quote the scripture to them. And, and, and this is what, and then this is what I've learned about this topic. What, and whatever you've learned about that topic, we don't just share from a place of, okay, well, this is what the Bible says, but people need to see, okay, how has this been lived out in your life? You know, how have you faced this issue? You know, the, the Bible is not interested only in information. You know, we have information, sound doctrine, teaching from Scripture, but also right living. And what people need to see is is not just, okay, well, this is sound doctrine. This is the Bible. This is what it says. But how has it lived out? How has it been lived out in your life? That's what people need to, to see. When counseling other people that are discouraged and depressed, I would say James 1.19 is absolutely essential. It is always better to err on the side of being too quick to listen than to be too quick to speak. You know, so, so be really conscious of this, to be slow to speak. Recognize that this person before you has real needs and they need real help. They need real help. And the only one that can ultimately meet all their needs is is Christ, is Christ. And you are not their Savior, but you serve one who is. And so point to the Savior. We need one another. If, if this person is in your local church, I would suggest that you point them to uh, the pastor or a pastor to pray for them. You know, you know, recognizing that you're only able to help so much is essential. It's, it's part of recognizing the one another. It's actually respecting the other person to say, hey, you know, um, I've done as much as I can to help you, but I know that our pastor or pastors can help you. And, you know, if, if you're a pastor and, and you, you've walked with somebody through something that is, is difficult and hard and, but you don't have the training, it is okay to say, hey, I've walked with you and I'm going to continue to walk with you. But I also, you also need to pursue this, um, biblical counseling and and refer them to biblical counseling and um, follow up with that person if they're in biblical counseling. You know, one of the best uh, amazing friendships in the Bible is is Jonathan and David. And, you know, it's always struck me. Here's a boy that was from nowheresville, Israel. He was chosen as a shepherd of sheep to be transformed by God into a shepherd of the Lord's people. Acts 13.22 describes him as a man after God's own heart. And then there was Jan- Jonathan, one of Saul's sons, a mighty man of valor and likely heir to the throne. <laughs> what, what makes this story more amazing is that Jonathan loved and cared for David like a brother. He wasn't like Job's friends who were cynical of Job. And instead of finding out what was going on in his life, he, he chose to ridicule him. No, Jonathan wasn't like Job's friends. Jonathan was a real friend. Jonathan was a loyal, caring, and concerned friend. He was loyal. You know, he, he walked with him. He didn't abandon him in the midst of what was going on. In order to be a loyal friend, you're going to need to reach out to other people with a hand of friendship. You're not always going to connect with everyone, and that's okay, but be willing to reach out. I assure you that you'll find people at your local church with whom you'll naturally connect with, but don't settle only for those who you easily connect with either. Reach out to those who are neglected, those who seem to not be being cared about in your church. 
By doing so, you're not only being a loyal friend, but a true disciple of Jesus, one who loves to reach out to those who are lonely, broken, and outcast. Caring. Today, I just want to urge you to be a caring friend and a brother or sister in Christ. Don't be cynical of other people. Don't be like, well, I've just been hurt by people, and so I, I can I can't reach out to anybody. See, we have to speak the truth in love, and that requires that we that we uh, be in each other's lives. After all, we're we're friends of God. Jesus doesn't leave us to Himself. He promises never to forsake us because He's a, a very present help and time of need. You see, you need to be a caring friend. You need to grow and we need to grow in in this area because it's so it's so important that uh that we love and that we care for that we care for one another. Well, I've uh I've said a lot here today, but lastly wrapping up, let me talk to you about being a concerned friend. You see, I want to encourage you to be the kind of friend, the kind of Christ follower that you know that you need to be in your own life. You know, as a friend of God, as a Christian, um, you are a son or a daughter of the Lord Jesus. You are adopted into the, to the family of God. You are no longer at, at war with God, but now you are fully loved and fully accepted by, by Christ. You know, let me be honest with you. Various times in my life, I've, I've needed the type of friend who is willing to speak hard words into my life. Thankfully, I've had them. The reason they spoke, and even more importantly, the reason I listened, was that because I knew this type of friend was loyal and they cared about me. They were truly concerned about the direction of my life, and I was ready to hear what they have to say. You need to realize that even if you're a loyal and a caring friend, your friend may not be ready to hear what you have to say. So before you speak, ask the Lord, is this person really ready to hear what I have to say? If after praying and seeking godly counsel from other Christians... After all, in the abundance of many counselors, there is wisdom. You feel the need to speak. Please do so only in great in a grace-centered fashion. Please don't make any demands. Show grace. Give the benefit of the doubt in a large portion. Listen to how the other person responds to you and clarify if you don't understand. But above all, be sure to give lots of grace. You see, godly friendships are a great need of our day. They are a need not only inside the church, but outside the church. The kind of friend I'm describing in this podcast is the type of friend I strive to be. <laughs> and let me be honest, it's not always easy. It it hurts. It's difficult. But it's always worth it. The kind of Christian friends who have invested in me have displayed these attributes. They've been loyal. They've been caring. They are concerned for me. I pray today that you'll begin to be that kind of friend. The kind of friend that loves his or her friends so much that he is willing to sacrifice like Jonathan did with David. This is the kind of friend who enters the mess and the stuff of life knowing that God meets us in the muck of our lives and he desires to change us by his grace. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, please be that kind of friend to someone else by the grace of God today. I assure you that if you'll be loyal, if you'll be caring, and if you'll be a concerned friend, that God will use you in powerful light, ways in the lives of his friends for his glory. Today, as we wrap up, I want to say, if you're depressed and you're discouraged and it seems like life is just beating you up, remember that God is not distant from you. That God is not disinterested in you. This is a God who says in Hebrews thirteen five, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And not only that, go back and read Romans 8, 31 through 39 and read about the many times, five, six times, that because of the work of Christ, the person and the work of Christ, 
you are secure in him. That means that God is, is not disinterested in you as a Christian, but instead because you are a Christian through Christ, through his finished and sufficient work, you are fully accepted, secure, and beloved by him. There is nothing that can change his mind there's nothing that can change your status in his eyes. That is a great, that is of great comfort. The psalmists continue to talk about again and again to God. They pour out their heart to the Lord. Why? Because they know that God hears, that God is there, that he is interested, that because of his loving kindness, because of his mercy and grace, he hears our feeble pleas. He hears our words when we're angry, when we're upset. When we're hurt, when we're crying, he knows, he sees, and because of Christ, he loves. So I hope today that you'll be encouraged, that you'll look up to Christ, that you'll fix your eyes on him, who is the author and finisher and the foundation of your hope, and that you'll also begin to find people in your life that you can share openly and honestly with, that are safe people, that are loyal, that are caring, and that will walk alongside of you in the midst of life. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Ask Us Anything podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider checking us out at servantsofgrace.org, where we have daily Bible articles, book reviews. We have a magazine, Theology for Life. We also have a number of other podcasts that I believe you'll enjoy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ask Us Anything podcast. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep